enslave people. It needs to make sure we change that wording. Like a lot of textbooks that talk about African history, it starts in European context. And that's not true. There's thousands of years of history in Africa of thriving communities that did amazing things. Welcome to Black Educators Matter. This is more than a moment. It's a movement. Hey, it's Danielle. Welcome to Black Educators Matter. Our goal is to share the stories of 500 Black educators. We will celebrate the impact and achievements, learn from the lessons and challenges, and highlight the important roles that educators play in all of our lives. I'm excited to welcome today's guest to our show. As a do now, please tell us your name, your role in education, and answer the question, why do Black educators matter? Thank you for having me. My name is Amandre Johnson. The past two years, I've taught second grade. I'm also a football coach for high school. And Black Educators Matter for representation. I think it's important to have Black students see Black teachers, to see Black principals, to see Black superintendents. It's also, I think, better compassion and understanding between a Black teacher and a Black student. And... For me, I believe Black Education Matters because of the relationships, not only between the students, but between parents too, between you know Black students and Black parents. And it also gives students a hero that they can interact with every day. It's a hero, a role model, a mentor outside of the people that they see on TV. Or, for example, most Black people that they are looking up to at the moment are you know playing basketball or entertainment and. But as a black educator, you're that hero that they interact with every day. Every single day, Earth's mightiest heroes. You are a second grade teacher. How many other black male primary teachers do you know? <laughs> I know one. I'm going to transition out of second grade this year because I just recently became a head football coach. So I'm going to be moving on to the high school. And the person who's replacing me is a black male. Also, my principal that I worked for was a black male. Shout out. They had all of y'all together at that one school, huh? Oh, he does an outstanding job. Of recruiting? Come on, recruiting and retaining these oh, black male yes. educators. Oh, yes. So talk to us about your journey. Where are you from? I'm originally from Roanoke, Virginia. And I'm teaching now in South Carolina in Georgetown County District. And uh, it's been, you know, a long road getting here. When I started out in Virginia, I went to a predominantly white institution and I graduated from there with my bachelor's in history and I always knew I wanted to teach. So before I did my student teaching, that last semester I had the opportunity to go play professional football. So I took that opportunity and I didn't get my student teaching done at the time. Fast forward a couple of years, I was working on getting my student teaching done, but no school allows you to just do student teaching. So. I came to South Carolina with the hope of doing a program called PACE. If your background is in education, they allow you to get your master's and become a teacher. But I was overqualified for PACE because I had all the requirements of a teacher just without the student teaching. So I was going to go back to my original school to do the student teaching. And I drove, you know, seven hours to get there one day for them to tell me that they were going to charge me three times as much as I originally thought. And 
ah, you know, that that right there really crushed me. So that same day, I'm sitting in the library and I'm praying. And I was so blessed that, you know, that same day, I get a phone call from a woman who says, hey, there's a program at Virginia Tech, a master's program for educators. She said, I would love for you to apply for it. And I applied, I went, I did my interview, I got in, and I got my master's in curriculum and instruction. And I'm so glad, <laughs> so blessed to have had that opportunity, had those people around me to bless me. But it, it's been a long journey, but it's been one that has been well worth it. Amen to her calling you during your darkest moment. You was just crying in the library, and then you got that special phone call. Oh, yes. I didn't know what I was going to do. And when she called me, I, I, I knew that it was it was nothing but a blessing. Nothing. Uh, you know, prayers go up, blessings come down. So you had the opportunity to pursue your dream as a professional athlete, and you had the opportunity to pursue your dream as an educator. Did you feel the same in the pursuit of both dreams, or did one feel more meaningful than the other? That's a great question. And I'd like to say that I don't know if I feel now, I feel my effect and my purpose is more in education. And I feel like I'm doing more in education than I could have done, you know, being a professional athlete. Because I'm, I'm in it with the kids. You know, they see me, I get to work with them and I get to see them grow and I learn just as much from the kids as they learn from me and I love what I do. Like I said, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do that. But yeah, I think my impact is bigger than education and, and I take that same mentality, you know, that same work ethic that I had for football into the classroom, into education. Cause one thing I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher, you know, even when I was in college and I was taking classes, you know, for, People who didn't understand, I'll make sure we communicate. We're sitting in the lobby and I'm on the board trying to, you know, talk this out through people. And, you know, that's something that's just always been something that I wanted to do. So it, it was going to happen one way or another. So let's go back. Let's go all the way back to baby you in Virginia. What was your K to eight experience like? Mm -hmm. Did you have black educators growing up? Did you go to a diverse school? What was your K to eight experience like? So I grew up in a small city and the city is predominantly black and K through eight, I had one black teacher. She was my computer science teacher in eighth grade. And then in high school, all my, I had two black teachers in high school and it was PE and history. I had Miss Keith in history class. So I had not a, not a lot of black teachers, but I did have some in my life who were able to influence me. How did having a black teacher who taught history influence you to pursue history? She definitely influenced me to pursue history. She definitely made us as a class challenge the narratives that we had been taught previously. And, you know, it was a lot of critical thinking in there that I, I credit her for. It was a big deal to be in her class because, you know, she was known as one of the tougher, but one of the better teachers in the school. So being in her class really pushed me to study and to become like, the, I, I learned that I love research in her class. I love to find out new things and I love to teach other people new things and find out new information, especially things that counter what you've been taught before. How was it for you as a student athlete? 
in college. Mm-hmm. It was tough because coming from a majority black high school, going to a PWI, it was a real culture shock. One of the benefits I say about sports is, you know, everybody's inclusive in sports. Yeah. So, you know, I made a lot of friends through the football team and whatnot. And I had I had a, a really good experience. I had a, a lot of professors, no black professors. I had no black professors at that school. And it was a small school in Cornell, Virginia. But I think some of my professors were as interested in black history and interested and put investments in me who wanted to study history to push me to teach and to push me to carry on because, you know, they know that it's important to have black teachers in schools. So they pushed me toward that way too. So as you reflect on your educational experiences as a student, why would you say that your identity as a black man pursuing a career in education is important? Like why does it matter or why is it important to have black men in education? And how did you feel pursuing your education career? For one, like I say again, representation matters because black males make up only about 2% of the teacher population. And I didn't have a black male teacher until high school. So, you know, that representation definitely matters. It also gives other black males someone they can look up that's not doing sports and it's not in entertainment. And, you know, all those things are good, but black kids need other ways to pursue, other avenues to pursue other than, you know, sports and entertainment. And as a black male, you know, I face some things that my other colleagues have not. So my experience, I take that knowledge and I, I take that work and I take everything that I know into the classroom with me. And I also, as a black male, don't shy away from tough topics or from black history, as some colleagues might. And, you know, just with everything that's going on now in the recent months, I miss my kids so much because these are such teachable moments. And I miss them because I, I can hear them now asking questions. I know they have questions. I know they're confused. And I really want to be there to guide them and walk them through this because, you know, this is important for them to understand. This is important for them to know, even at such a young age. And my identity, me as a black man, gives me the opportunity to talk about that authentically. Speaking of having people to walk you through something, you talked about how the challenge between you in school pursuing your degree and then you graduating with your master's degree as you were looking into these alternative teacher training programs. What was it like for you once you got in and you finally were able to finish your student teaching process in your master's degree program? What was your master's program like for you? My master's program was uh, really eye-opening because I was the first black male to graduate from this elementary master's program. And when I went to the class the first day, there's 25 people who got accepted to the program, 24 white women, and me. So it was definitely an eye-opener, and it was definitely a great experience to understand how much people need to learn how to teach black students and how far we've come and how much further we need to go. So I would definitely say it was, it was an experience while across that stage. It was amazing. It felt so amazing to have that title to finally be able to say, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do all the things that 
I dreamed of and reach all the students that I said I would and really fulfill my purpose. What has been the most impactful moment? I can't choose one. I'm going to say a couple stories. And speaking specifically being a black teacher in a school, and a school I've taught at the past years is in a predominantly black area. I tell you a story about some times where I really felt like I was like, I really felt important. Like I really knew that I was making a difference. One of the little girls in class comes back from special. She comes back from library and she's in tears. And, you know, she comes to the classroom and she's crying. I'm, it's just me and her. And I said, what's wrong? She says, the library teacher has told me to take off my hair or to put my hair back. And the library teacher is a white woman and she had like a, a weave in and it came out and she said she was very upset, she says, and I couldn't talk about it with her. She said, I needed to come tell you. And she knew that I would understand and she knew that I would know what to do. And for me being there, that was so impactful for me to be able to be there for her. And for me to be able to help her and walk her through that and for her to, you know, be able to trust in me with that. And I felt there, I was like, I'm, I'm really here doing something. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, another student, and this happens to teachers all the time, but they, you know, call you mom and dad by accident, just off the cuff. But you know, I had a student call me dad one time, and I know the student's background. Dad wasn't at home, and I, you know, I don't know how long it's been since he's called somebody dad. But what that is that I'm that person in his life. I'm that figure. I am, and that oh man, when I say that, that weighed heavy on my heart, and that. You know, that really drives me and pushes me and influences me and and makes me just want to do more because yeah, I know that I'm that per I was that person in his life. I love that. Hmm. And also I won't say that I didn't see it in other classes, but I didn't see it as much in my students, is the critical thinking that I try to get the students to do, even at like at such a young age. I try to get the students to think for themselves. And they, when we talk about people in class, I, you know, I make sure to tell them, you know, the truth about people and the real stories. So I had a student come to me one time and, you know, he came in with his mom. And this is recently after we had talked about Native Americans. So his mom says, well, he doesn't want to go to Columbia anymore because it sounds like Christopher Columbus and he doesn't like him. And I say, oh, he was listening. Okay. <laughs> and I never told him, you know, whether he was a good or bad person, but I knew I reached him because he was able to take that information. Not only was he able to take that, assess it, form an opinion, you know, but then he was able to relate it to something in real life. And I know that's something that's going to stay with him. And that always makes me feel good. And that's a story that, you know, I'm going to always tell because that was a huge deal to me. They don't come back and say that. Because we just talked about him, and then he formed a, his own opinion, and I love that I did. And took his so opinion that, home to his mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's hard for me to choose one moment because, you know, I, I haven't been teaching for a, a long time. I don't have all these better years, but these little moments right here is what's going to really push me and just really let me know that I'm making an impact. So since we've talked a little bit about impact, especially with all of these experiences you've had in your own student experience 
and pursuing your dream career as an educator and now since you've been in the classroom how long have you been in the classroom i've been a full-time teacher for two years now okay prior to that i've been in the classroom i've held different titles paraprofessional and i've subbed for probably six years okay i know he was a para shout out to the paras i have a special place in my heart for paras <laughs> well thank you <laughs> So having said all of that, and with all of the different perspectives that you have, what is the state of education in Black America, and how did we get here? And I cannot wait to hear you break this down from a historical perspective. <laughs> this is a big question. I got to do my best to do this justice. And the state of Black education is not where it needs to be, but I honestly feel like it's getting better. It's pushing towards something greater. And I would say that because the fact that when I go to job fairs and I walk in a room, I don't leave that job fair without, you know, seven or eight job offers because people recognize that there's a need for representation of black students and they see me as that representation. People are recognizing the issues that affect black students and they want to create ways to solve them. So I, I do think that's a push. And we got here in, in several ways historically. When you talk about redlining, you talk about eminent domain and the forceful removal from neighborhoods. We talk about white flight. Then we're in the classroom. We talk about teachers that you know shy away from talking about black history and black issues and the tough subjects. You know, and, and, and that's how we got here. And so we have to do our best to put black people in the classroom, in the schools to, to counter all of that. And I believe we do that, you know, some solutions is to put people in power and have programs that supply resources to places that have not traditionally had them by principals and superintendents seeking out black educators, by changing the curriculum to fit black students and teach black history. And there are several places and several programs that do this today. Because I think about this a lot. So as a black educator, I, I actively seek, you know, like professional development. How could I be better? And not only me, how could I push this to teachers in the school? So I don't know if you're familiar with the Ron Clark Academy. Tell us about it. Ron Clark Academy is amazing. And he focuses on uplifting and promoting black students is school is mostly black. You go in there, most of the teachers are black. The administration is black. And he gives those kids experiences from all walks of life that they wouldn't normally get. And those kids learn real critical thinking. They learn real skills that they're going to take and become great. And it's fourth through eighth grade right now. I don't know if he's going to spend on that. But when I went to go see those kids and I got to talk to those kids, it was amazing. That school doesn't just focus on test scores. It focuses on experience. They want to learn about African history. They take kids to Africa. They want to learn about business. They take kids downtown to you know the Coca-Cola factory and talk to CEOs. And that school does an amazing job. There's also a school in Kentucky, Frederick Douglass High School in Kentucky, and they have a program called the Carter G. Woodson Academy. And it's primarily for black students. But in anybody, it's not exclusive, but it's primarily black kids in it. 
And what they do is everything that they teach historically, they teach it from an African-American point of view. So you lose that Eurocentric point of view, and that changes the narrative crucially. This is just one of many stories, and we want to keep the conversation going. Follow us on Instagram at blackeducators.matter. Visit us online at www.blackeducatorsmatter.org. Help build the movement by joining our Patreon. Now, let's get back to our Project 500 podcast. So I also got to attend something at University of South Carolina last year called Project Change. And what that does is they choose, you got to apply for it, they choose like 25 educators throughout the state of South Carolina. And it's a promotion of black educators to change the narrative to teach black history. And they do an outstanding job. And what they do is they take you around the state. I was there for a week. I got to meet Mary McLeod Bethune's granddaughter. She was there. I got to sit in with some of the most leading African-American history professors from Missouri, from New Jersey. I got to talk with them. And one of the things they did, they're one of my favorite parts of it, was they had the, the writers of the hist- history curriculum in South Carolina. And when he got in there, they grilled him, asking them, asking him how they were going to change the narrative to make it more beneficial for black students. And they had a list of things that they needed in the curriculum that they didn't see. And I loved seeing that, seeing those and professors challenge him and challenge you know the curriculum to challenge the curriculum is is a big deal and for them to do that it gave me chills because the guy didn't have an answer you know and he told me he said it's a working document and you know they were made sure to say okay we're gonna follow up now so we we gonna we want this stuff in place and i think they do an amazing job i found you know some, some research that says that Black students who were matched with black teachers in kindergarten were 18% more likely than their peers to enroll in college. Those who had at least one black teacher and from K to third grade were about 10% more likely to be described by their fourth grade teachers as persistent or kids who made an effort to finish difficult work. And most of all, it decreased, like having a black teacher had a decrease in dropping out of black young men by 40%. And I think those like are, are pivotal and those are, you know, monuments. And what we did is we put black teachers in the classroom, black educators in the school. And I think that's a big deal. And the change, like I said, it's not where it needs to be, but I think we're moving in the right direction. Pushing towards greater. I love the phrase that you use to describe the, the movement pushing towards greater. You mentioned having this curriculum person in the space and trying to hold them accountable. What does that mean? So for people who are not involved in curriculum and don't necessarily understand what is being taught to students, why is it important to challenge the history? You said like teaching things from a Eurocentric view. What does that mean 
when we think about mm-hmm. the history that students are currently receiving in school? Isn't history, aren't the books correct? They're books. Aren't we supposed to believe what we read in these history books? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'll give you an example. In the curriculum, it talks about Christopher Columbus discovering America. And when you learn that in first grade, that's the story that you're told. That's the narrative that you're told from the Eurocentric point of view. According to Europe, that view, Columbus discovered America. Well, when you take that from a Native American standpoint, how can you discover a place where people are already at? You know, and then it talks about Columbus being a great explorer. He ended up in the wrong place. He wasn't where he thought he was. So that, that, that counters that narrative. You know, from where he's a hero, like he has a holiday for what? You know, and you present that information to students and then, you know, they get it. My second graders, they understood that. I tell them, I said, can someone come in this classroom and say that they discovered this classroom? And they'll say, no, we're, we're already here, you know. So that counters that narrative. So the curriculum needs to reflect all different views. It needs to, like a lot of textbooks that talk about African history, it starts at European contact. And that's not true. There's thousands of years of history in Africa, of thriving communities that did amazing things. It needs to talk about enslaved people. It needs to make sure it changed that wording to enslaved people. And students have to understand that they didn't, they didn't take slaves. They took, they took doctors. They took teachers. They took musicians. They took people with great talents. They took some of the smartest people from Africa and they destroyed these thriving communities that is not in the textbooks. That's not there. And a lot of teachers, me personally, I, I review the textbook before we go through it. And for the most part, don't really use it. For teachers that do use the textbook, I think that you could use it as a way to research and counter that. Say, this is what your book says. Go out and find me, you know, what says something different. Because there are other views out there. How do you know which view is right? If your book is telling you one thing, yeah, how do you know what view is right? You, you, teach, all, you teach all views, okay? So to Europe, you know, Christopher Columbus was a hero, but to Native Americans, he was a destroyer. He was evil. And that's the way it needs to be taught. That's the way it needs to be. You don't pick, I don't say, I'm not saying you pick one view and teach that. I'm saying you choose all views and teach that. And you let students form their own opinion. And because that's what they got to do anyway when they get to the real world. They got to critically think and form their own opinion. And, And students are able to do that. Like you said, when your student came back with his mom and he had decided he was not going to fool with Columbia because he had done his research on Columbus and was very uncomfortable with the fact that they sounded similar. So students really can go and take the knowledge that you pour into them and go and take that and draw their own conclusions because they've done that research, like you said earlier. What is the the short stories of Black History podcast? The short stories... A Black History Podcast is started off as a podcast that I wanted to talk about with like the older members in my family. I tell a short story of Black history that you don't usually hear. And, you know, my grandparents, it, well, our grandparents, our grandfathers, aunts and uncles, 
I don't know about your experience, but when I ask them about this history, because as a researcher and a lifelong learner, I want to know their thoughts and their thought process. They find it hard to talk about because they had to go through, they still had people they had to feed. So this podcast tells this story and it brings back memories. When I talk about desegregation in the podcast, when I talk about politics in the podcast, they say, oh, I remember that. This made me feel this way. And that's a way to get that information out of them that, you know, I was having trouble when I just asked them, like, tell me about this. They, they would just say, you know, I don't know. But when I, when I start telling these stories and start giving them these facts, and then it, it starts jogging their memory. And that's what the whole podcast is about, is getting these firsthand words. Because these stories are our legacy. And, you know, it's something that Black people experience all across the nation. And everybody experienced it differently. And I think it's important to hear all those different views. We can't lose them. Absolutely not. Are there any Black educators that went out of their way to aid in your success? So as you think about all of your experiences from student to substitute teacher, paraprofessional, college student, pursuing your education degree, then having to find a graduate school that would receive you and let you get your credentials without making you pay and take all the classes over again. Are there any black educators that supported you on your journey that you would like to thank? Absolutely. Dr. Brenda Brand from Virginia Tech. When I went to one of my first days in my grad school, you know, when we walked in the classroom, when I, when I walked in the classroom, I looked at her and was like, <gasps> and I was so excited to have a black professor. I never had one before. And throughout my time in my master's classes, I had to take more tests than the other students. I had to, because I had stopped school and then had to come back. So I had to take tests and it was a difficult road. I had to do all these other requirements and she refused to let me fail. She refused, you know, and, and I, and I was willing to do whatever needed. And, you know, she sat me down and said, Hey, meet me at three o'clock at this coffee shop. We're going to figure this out for you. You got to take these extra classes. Don't worry. We're going to find you a school. I needed extra money for, to take these extra classes. She said, you know, meet me, we'll find this, figure this out, you know, and they found me a grant to do this. So she definitely went out her way because she refused to let me fail because she knew the need. She, she knew how important it was to me and, you know, to the students that I'm going to teach. There's also my principal who I worked for the past couple of years, Mac Burgess. He has been amazing. He knows the importance of having black educators in the school. So he definitely goes out his way, you know, consistently guides me and mentors me. And, you know, anything that I needed, I, I felt comfortable going and talk to him and going and asking him. He always gave me great feedback on what I was doing. He would often come to come by my classroom and say, hey, you're doing great. Or, hey, you need to do this better. He makes sure that I have professional development to go places to see other things to become the best educator that I can be. So he's definitely went out his way to do that. And Tammy Amos, who was getting her doctorate at the time in Virginia. She's the woman who called me about this, about that Virginia Tech program. And like I said, it was difficult in the beginning. And I talked to her about it and she she really uplifted me and said, you, you can't quit, you gotta finish this. She's like, it's gonna be tough, but we gonna get through it. Whatever you need, let me know. 
and she always there to check on me and talk me through it. So that was super important and super influential to me. And, and those educators really, really went out of their way for me. I'm thankful to all of them for encouraging you and pouring into you as you were on this journey. Like you said, students need black educators so that they can see and touch and engage with their heroes. But you really legit are a hero. Like you are an NFL hero. You are a substitute teacher. You're a paraprofessional. <laughs> you're a history teacher. You're a coach. And you're a hair model because you did not tell the people what your hair looks like. But when you were walking through that story with the baby girl coming to talk to you about her bad hair experience, I wanted the people to see your hair so they could understand why this was like so important. For those that don't know what your hair looks like, because this also gets to representation, especially for black males, especially for grown black men and black boys with their hair. What does your hair look like? I got locks. I've been growing my hair out for about nine years now. Nine years of locks. So you got into that. When you joined your graduate school program and it was the 25 new students, the 24 white women and you, what was your hair like? Oh, I had locks then too. <laughs> and I, I going into the professional world, you know, I, I refuse to, you know, change my image. And this is it's a part of me. It's a part of my story. It's a part of my journey. It's a part of the representation that I bring. Come on. So, yeah, man, you're all the heroes. So I just and you are a fellow podcaster. So you are incredible and incredible contributor to the culture. Can you tell us where people can follow short stories of black history podcast and can connect with you for more? If you go to Spotify and type in short stories of black history, you can find the podcast there. If you're familiar with Anchor, you can type in the same information there. If you'd like to email, maybe, you know, you want to be featured in or you got comments about it, bhshortstories at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at the underscore coach underscore Johnson. All right, Coach Johnson, congratulations as you move to high school to, to focus on your high school coach, football coach career. I'm sure the babies are going to miss you. Do you think you're going to miss the classroom? Oh, I'm going to miss you. Uh, I'll still be teaching. I'll be teaching history. But, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to be teaching history. I'm definitely going to miss those little kids, though. Those I found out I love to teach elementary school because, you know, they appreciate me, and they're always honest. Absolutely. They are always honest. And, you know, to see those kids come to the class. When I come into the classroom with my hair out, they tell me they don't like it. They ask me why my hair looks so crazy. And why do I have girl hair? <laughs> I tell them this is grown man hair. Come on. This is grown man hair. From a grown man to all the children, all the grown-ups, shout out to the hair love. I will always, you know, love a hair hero. But you really are incredible. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for joining us on the podcast and walking us through your experience and introducing us to Short Stories of Black History podcast. I want to officially tell you one last time, like, Thank you again. Everything that you have done, it was, it is, and it always will be worth it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Black Educators Matter. 
Are you ready to share your story? Visit us online at www.blackeducatorsmatter.org to sign up. Remember, make excellence equitable and thank a black teacher today.